0: Hey everybody, Uh, So this is going to be the first attempt uh, and trial for uh, what tentatively is called PPM, we don't know what those letters stand for yet, I feel like, hell we might talk about that now.
1: Yeah, we'll Uh, uh, we'll brainstorm, (laughs) (laughs) we'll figure out what works for us.
0: Uh, A couple things we're just going to do tonight. Uh, We've got a couple different spirits we're looking at. We've got uh, the Dalmor cigar malt, um, and we've got paired with some nice Perdomo, um, robust 20th anniversary Connecticut mm-hmm. uh, we went and picked up earlier today. And then uh, we might also try some of the Our Big We Beastie, uh, which came out this past April. Uh, so, uh, got a lot sort of going on today. Uh, sort of figure out how. This is all going to work. Make sure our setup is exactly the way we need it to be.
1: So I've got our, our inaugural Instagram post up. Hey, we are now official.
0: <laughs> uh, I think we, I was talking to somebody about this earlier, that uh, even if we just did it with like, you know, people who wanted it, like specifically like people who just like, followed the page, we had like, a link in like the bio or something like that, to like a podcast website that we set up, we sourced everything. Like, they think, especially in this area, there's not a lot to be done. Like, there are, you know, a million and five whiskey yeah. ones on, on, like, Apple Podcasts, but nobody you know, down here on the deep side. Yeah,
1: well, you yeah, you got to think of a way to differentiate yourself. Um, and, and excuse the siren in the background you probably hear. Uh, we are outside in Birmingham, so this is a normal thing here. Um, but, yeah, you've got to differentiate yourself a, a little bit. Because there are all the whiskey podcasts, and um, it it may sound wrong saying this, but there's only so much depth I think you can bring to the table when you're talking about whiskey, and and I'm going to kick myself for saying that because part of the reason we love it is there's so much depth to whiskey. But you know, when you have 30 different podcasts reviewing the same thing, it becomes a bit redundant. So I think, yeah, if we stayed local, maybe made it personable, brought maybe not so much bring people in. We could perhaps, but. Just uh, kept it more as a local conversation, especially centered around what we have here. I mean, what what good does it do us, young guys in Birmingham, Alabama, to review a 30-year-old McAllen? Because else. who's that? Who's going to relate to that? Yeah, yeah it's, you know. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think being able to
0: find some common ground it makes us a little bit more personable, and uh, yeah, it's not going to not going to do us any good outside of personal experience to drive six hours to get obviously that will, you know, you have to drive six hours to find, like, yeah. not everybody's, especially in, in this, you know, enthusiasm is willing to do that. So, um,
1: Now that being said, we could use that experience maybe to open people's eyes to some of the things that you don't find around here. Yeah. Um, our experience isn't good. saying like, you know, yeah, we have to travel a little ways, but make a pilgrimage. Sometimes go stock to, up. and to
0: go to Mecca sometimes. Gotta <laughs> do it. It's, it's a requirement. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, you know, if anything, anybody who's an enthusiast should try a pilgrimage to find something at least once. Exactly. Um, you know, we usually call them the hunts. Uh, most of the time it's Nashville area. Pretty much anything between here and Nashville. Uh, As
1: a matter of fact, that's what tomorrow's going to be. <laughs> except South. Yeah, uh, south of Nashville instead of going up. to Florida. So, I guess if you want, we'll get started with the cigars and the Dalmore.
0: So, tell us where'd you find
1: this one? Okay, so this scotch we have here was actually picked up on the most recent uh, hunting excursion up to Nashville, where I went to get some backup bottles of some of the Ardbeg Fashile special releases a few years ago the the drum and the grooves uh, we both picked those up uh, taylor and i did um, a few weeks ago absolutely love them but because they're a very limited release scotch um, you know you're never going to find them again they were done one year so i said that i was going to go grab some backups um, so that i don't feel so bad about drinking my main bottles and while i was there um, the owner of elixir shout out to Tarek. Patel, he, he's the owner over there, phenomenal guy, definitely check him out. Um, he had one of these cigar malt downwards sitting on the shelf now. been looking for it for a while uh, and have not come across one. He happened to have it. He had it on sale, uh, and we actually double-checked at an ABC store, a state store local to us, which had it for about $50 more for the bottle. So it was a pretty good deal at his place, so I grabbed it. And so that's how we're starting out our cigar journey is pairing it with a malt designed specifically to pair with cigars. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes. First so off, that's a
0: fantastic
1: note. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So we just opened the bottle for the first time and the nose on this is phenomenal. So, uh,
2: you
0: know, we were talking about Elixir a second ago. We're actually drinking these out of... Uh,
1: Tarics like specially made and designed, uh, larger bulb glasses, yeah, Um, uh, they're called Glencairn
0: cocktail glasses, I think, something
1: like that. Yes, I'm not sure if they have an official name assigned to them, but in essence, listeners, you imagine the Glencairn nosing glass and just imagine it, um, yeah, a little (laughs) little large, a little porky, and that's what you would get here uh, with this one. And as he explained it, it makes a lot of sense. This glass really helps to bring out the notes in higher proof alcohols where you have a lot of ethanol on the nose Uh, and in a traditional tasting and nosing glass that ethanol is focused which you want for a lower proof whiskey uh, because the focused nose helps to bring out a lot of aromas and concentrate them in one spot so you're able to really soak them up but as he explained when you get into higher proofs the ethanol can overpower the aromas that are coming off that whiskey so what this does is it allows the aromas to uh, separate a little bit more and to expand and and so it lets you get more of the underlying aromas and less of the ethanol up front uh,
0: I think of it personally a lot like uh, like letting a bottle breathe mm-hmm. uh, You know, you, you do that and you're, you're, you're letting some of it disperse uh, get it off the surface it, it allows you a little bit more of it to get out so it's not that you're losing the alcohol uh, but that the, the burn that just sits there. It's it's not it's not the opportunity
2: to salt a
1: dark amber color. Yes, the color is, is dark amber. It's almost got a red hue to it, you know, it's so the Dalmore cigar malt is gonna have a lot of the sherry and the wine. Notes coming up through it because that's how they design it to pair better with cigars. So you almost get some coloring out of that too. We may be stretching that a bit. We're, we're sipping outside in the dark, so there's not a lot of light coming in through with it. But the color is definitely dark. It's it's darker than what you might find in most similarly aged whiskeys.
0: And and yes, Dalmore is one of those brands that does use a tiny bit of coloring, uh, but uh, it's for consistency. And I think you know with such a like, more or less iconic bottle. I think they've got a little bit of ways to, room, you know, a little room to move in uh, in terms of justifying that. Um, I personally don't know many others that I've drunk regularly that use dyes. So, Not
1: many. No, the, the Islas that we tend to stay with, I don't believe any of those use dyes. Okay. There's a very helpful chart um, online that, that shows you up-to-date information on what distilleries use dyes and which don't. So you're able to go on and check that out if, if you're not sure what it is. Yeah. So beyond the color, we're also looking at the like the legs on it. So if you tilt your glass and roll the whiskey around and then let it sit and watch how it runs down from the sides. And, and what I'm seeing is the legs are thinner, but they're slow. Yeah. It's definitely not running quick. So the consistency is a bit thicker.
0: Which usually indicates higher alcohol content, right? Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of uh, speed, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the, the legs, I can never remember what. I, I think maybe that, that tells you how oily it is, is how thin they are?
1: Yeah, it, it's, what you're looking at is how oily the, the base is there. Um, yes. If it's going slow, obviously,
0: I'm I'm a, a hardcore, I so a guy, so all that stuff's like the oily stuff you find on, <laughs> on, on, on Earth, so. terms of the nose I'm getting lots of red, red berries I guess mm-hmm. is of the best yeah to
1: it. I get I get a lot of fruit on the front end not a lot of citrus though I'm, I'm definitely getting more of the berries um I get the kind of the grape from the wine casks
0: something a little white fleshy or almost almost spicy but I, I'm, I'm getting and uh, my, my mind brings to my like a, like a fried like pear sort
1: of thing where a little bit of seasoning I like I like mine normally with like cinnamon or something like that, like that so that might be where I'm getting that from yeah I could see the cinnamon um, if you're talking about fruits uh, if you've ever had like brandy pears or brandy peaches it's kind of similar in the fruity notes but you know you've got the ethanol there and yeah that alcohol mixing it with it has that unique smell I've got like a vanilla toffee too. I'm pulling out of it, not a whole lot, but I think that's from the woody undertones, which aren't overpowering. No, I agree with that.
0: Yeah, uh, I think mainly because they they're very you know a bit more on the, the wine finish sort of thing. A lot of people where uh, they really associate this with a much softer on the palate. Uh, yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, me, it's not it's not woody. It's not in your face. Um, now, that being said, yeah, they're 18 or
2: higher probably might have more that would this so is something we can't avoid that way but um, and yeah, no, it's it's good it's, uh, it's, I, I, I want to see if we can start a, a thing about
0: putting in toast every time we have
1: movies. Yes, that's a good idea.
0: Uh, let's see. So I've got one of the original big old compilation books here of scotch toastings. Mainly. Let me see if I can find see These are patriotic toasts. As much as I love to uh, toast to the Highland, uh, I don't know if I can. I've got a little bit of scotch in me. Uh, not just a drink, but uh, genetically as well. So let's see. Let's see if we can find that's not too offensive. So, um. huh. this is a fantastic one. We uh, to keep our ladies ever in mind. Uh drink ye to her that each loves best. So basically that could be translated, Uh, I mean not not too far, but uh, to uh here's a toast to the lady that holds your heart. got a lot of like dried spice and grass like, right out of the gate right out of the gate
1: what I'm surprised at actually is the burn on the front end for this this is only an 88 proof whiskey it's, it's only 44 wow. percent so it, it burned hotter than that but again I think that would go well with a cigar yeah. I, I, I kind of see the influence there Oh,
0: okay. Yep. You're both novice cigar smokers. Yeah, Uh, this is
1: actually our first real foray into, especially pairing cigars. I will say this is the first time ever of pairing a cigar and trying the whole experience wrapped together. Um, But yeah, this is kind of the first foray into uh, cigars with a purpose. As opposed to cigars
0: for fun. Um... And the one we got, uh, I mentioned briefly, is a Perdomo uh, 20th Anniversary. Uh, It's their uh, Robusta Connecticut. Um, And we took these, we got these off of a recommendation from a gentleman uh, at a a cigar lounge we went to earlier this evening. Um, And he said that the flavor, at least for the first quarter of it or so, was more in, uh, it was like, butter or milk and sugar and like a latte
1: right yes he he said that if imagine getting a heavy cream latte with no sugar in it and that is the type of flavor that you pull out of this and it starts mild and becomes a little more rich and pulls itself together as you progress through it so he said that for young beginners Especially when pairing with a scotch that he thinks that this would be a very good entryway. So we're gonna find out uh, how true that is.
0: And he did say that he hadn't been drinking since 1990, so uh, <laughs> the scotch industry has probably changed quite a bit since then. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I, I imagine our more more cultured taste with the scotch combined with uh, yeah, just our introduction. To
2: that. I think we'll call okay. Yeah, yeah, was so. so, uh,
0: at army training, and I was recommended to by one of my colleagues, and he got this worst of a um, cigar, and invited me to try it, and I remember choking and almost throwing up. Uh, yeah, it was, the
1: key is not inhaling it. That's what will happen if you inhale it. Oh
0: yeah. He, uh, and, and he was a seasoned cigar smoker, so he he brought you know a very dark leafed thing.
1: So yeah, it may take a little while having to get it to. You know, a lot we'll probably have to overlay <laughs> some Edits of the. so much of this. But you know that happens with everyone.
0: <laughs> hey, well, I, it'll just give me an opportunity to edit and put in like the elevator music uh, of you know always going. I wish you all could be here so you can see any of my cats giving us curious looks to the glass.
1: This thing's getting hot now.
0: All right, we're going to sort of dive in for the moment into this uh, cigar. Really start to try and explore it as much as we can. Um, Jump back into the scotch.
2: mm uh-huh.
1: And this down fantastic. Yeah, um, it's excellent. Nice. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it is spectacular. Especially with this, yeah. Um, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the gentleman who recommended these told us that it was like a very heavily, you know, creamed latte. And that it like focuses a little bit more the farther in you get. Probably where it's maybe a little more tightly packed uh, outside of the tip, uh, and I completely agree with that. It definitely seem to settle a lot more. Yeah, you've
1: made more progress on yours, so I'm still still a little lighter on me.
0: Um, I'm I'm a band kid.
1: Yeah, you I got some iron lugs. Yeah, i
0: was just <laughs> pull on it. I got a little burn in the back of my throat. I'll probably be a little groggy in the world. Cigars usually do that to me. Yeah. Because this is basically uh I mean it's tobacco obviously so the bit get some tobacco mixed alcohol.
1: Well, since this is kind of our introductory uh, episode, uh, we can talk a little bit about our backgrounds with whiskeys, how we've forayed into uh, now our, our different likes and our dislikes and where we kind of stick so uh, if you want to share your your kind of history, yeah, maybe a condensed version, because I know yeah. it's, it's kind of extended, you know, it's, it's well, an extensive when,
0: uh, when I was a kid... Uh, <laughs> well, we were five years old. <laughs> <laughs> I had my first... Well, uh, so my first... Yeah, I'll just sort of hit the high points. Um, my first taste of alcohol uh, was a gin or a brandy at my grandfather's house. He's a heavy drinker in either, uh, when I was probably about... Twelve years old, uh, and uh, I thought it was disgusting that night. Uh, but you know, in hindsight, it was gin and brandy. Those are very different sides of the spectrum. Um, but then you jump forward to uh, about the time that I guess we met, uh, and um, I guess at one point in time I'd come across you know beautiful old fireball. You know the fraternity boy in me was enticed by it, but. Uh, that that love was short-lived, thank God. Uh, when I, oddly enough, got to try my first uh, Blend uh popular space. I like, I think most people um, just because of its accessibility, mm-hmm. they usually get introduced to way.
1: Yeah, lots um, of good marketing for Glenfiddich. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're they're yeah they're twelve year. I mean, you can find them just about any place that sells alcohol. Uh, it's not not expensive, uh, but very very palatable. Um, and so that was sort of my go-to for Scotch. I you know, I was, it wasn't like my favorite thing, uh, but in, especially in terms of just like whiskey in general, that was more where I settled. Um, uh, as I went along, uh, I tried stuff like Macallan. Uh, you know, just the regular McAllen tour or whatever it is, um, and I also got more into Jack. So those are my my more pointed introductions to either side of the whiskey community, not to admit any of the other popular regions. Um But uh, I went that way, and I think I focused more on bourbon for a while, because especially the beginning years of college, especially when we were talking about drinking age, um, I didn't exactly have a ton of money to just throw at liquor at the time. Still don't really, but I got substantially. Uh, substantial <laughs> You, make, you make, it not, make it happen. I make I'm, it happen, one way or another. You make, you make time and resource for your passion. Um, but then as we well along, uh, we got to try more and more. It's more of some like experimentation and try stuff like Bullet. Uh, like I said, I, I, I delved more into bourbon at the time. It's a little bit more accessible. It was not a huge scotch following down here in Mountain. Big surprise. Um, so it was like Bullet, uh, Makers, um, and uh, Woodford. Yeah, a lot of the standard marks that you always see, you know, the bars or on the shelf. And then um, I think probably the, the biggest, you know, probably what, what started, what we'll call it the downfall, uh, was uh, Cage for, ah, might have been my like 22nd. 23rd birthday.
1: Talking about the classic cut. Yeah. Got
0: me the McAllen 2017 classic cut, like limited edition bottle from that holiday, whichever one it was. Um, and uh, very much liked it. It probably will always be the longest lived bottle in my collection. <laughs> um,
1: the folks, that's not saying much when he downs a third of a wee beastie in like four days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like our day. Um,
0: But I think that bottle survived close to two years before I found yeah, it. I think
1: that's right, yeah.
0: Um, I think I finished it yeah, this past fall uh, at one point Really, I guess, really before the true spending started happening. Uh, our enthusiasm could not be uh, held back or stifled any longer. Uh, and so we, we definitely started to branch out. Um, since then, uh, I fell in love with. Um, in terms of bourbon-wise, with um, Detlin down in uh, southern Alabama, which we may go visit tomorrow, uh, and then, uh, but in terms of Scotch, uh, I think really the, the the true love point was for Kate's wedding this past year. I uh, we went to go pick up some stuff right before his bachelor party. Which was as gentlemanly and classy as you could imagine it to be, um, and I purchased a bottle of Arbeeg and uh for Cage as a wedding gift, uh, and we tried it, and it was.
1: That knocked her teeth out. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. Uh, I remember distinctly. I, I, I want to say I, I say it distinctly, but I can't exactly remember. I think it might have been Zane on the other side of the room, or Stephen even, who um, was the first person to be like, "What is that smell?" we opened the bottle and he was on the other side of the billiards table and it was all he could smell that being said you know, we thought it smelled like just straight cigar Uh, but maybe because I think because of how it demanded attention from us Uh, I used that in the first little test I did by myself that's very much the way that I feel about Uh, Anoa but I fell in love with it uh, in that evening um Page did not, from my, my understanding, for the sh- small, short conversation, he, he was a little more like, okay, this would take a little bit of get used to it. but I he did not like it. Um, and so from there, I really fell into favor with Iowa Scotches, uh, and that's where, I, that's where I rest my head when I need, when I need a good drink. Um, and so I've become, in, in my opinion, a little bit more of the Scotch guy out of the two of us. Um, I um, I don't always have the opportunities to go in and find a lot of the scotches. But what I do, I definitely don't mind trying. And I love, them. I love the complexity, especially if I have the scotches. Uh, they, they make my eyes light up when I, when I, I sit them. And I just sit there. And it you know, repulses everybody else around me, my, my fiancé and my family. Uh, but uh, I, think, I think it's really sort of centered in hard bed and play uh, block, uh, I haven't t- tried a whole bunch of my room but before um, still going to try Jira. And I'm not completely put off by my recommendations online but uh, now that I know I can find some in Berkeley, you know, I think uh, i think more. so in summary Taylor Scotch Guy um, I still appreciate Burton but uh, it's a little bit, well, I'm a little bit picky
1: yeah, so um, I would say I did not start as young. I'll start with that. I did not start quite as young. Alcohol runs in my way. Matter of fact, really, my first foray into whiskey. Uh, actually, you you may or may not remember this. We, <laughs> yeah. depending on the night he wouldn't remember it I can tell you that um, well it's kind of a side piece we were both in the same fraternity for a short yes. period of time which is yeah really how we built our relationship initially um, then it expanded in many more areas after that but that's where we really first got to know each other we were in the same um, initiation class but there was a party and I've never been to beer drinker guy I mean I, I enjoy beers but I was not the one to, to shotgun Coors Light at the frat parties was not my thing so I remember we were at a party and we stepped back into the kitchen of the house we were at and Taylor was with a mutual friend of ours and um, had a bottle of whiskey back there I don't even remember what it was at this point I think it was something cheap made Yeah, fireball. yeah fireball and he, he and the, the mutual friend had poured a shot glass of it and he said hey on a shot glass of this it's like all right yeah sure so we threw that back and despite the fact that I know it was nothing high-end or significantly good or whatever it was I, whatever it was it, it hit me pretty hard at that moment because it was the first time I, I had, I you know, had stayed, Yeah, a little bit of fire in my belly you know <laughs> the burn the burn was you know not expected initially but that was my first foray um but after that uh, I stayed open to it you know I didn't turn it off I, uh, I enjoyed it it was just uh, kind of slapping your face the first time then I traveled to Texas to visit some family stayed at a family members lake house out there and they had a very nicely stocked bar in the house and I was essentially given free reign <laughs> at the bar and uh, there was a bottle of Blue Label there Jack or, uh, Johnny Walker Blue Label and uh, i remember pouring a glass of that and absolutely loving it, it was phenomenal uh, now as i move forward johnny walker products may or may not be my favorite but at the time it, it was definitely the best whiskey i would had uh, and, and i tried several others while i was there but that really spiked my interest i would say initially so came back and enjoyed uh, a few blended scotches, didn't really get into bourbons yet, and then just started shopping around, picked up some Jack Daniels here and there. But I'd say I really expanded on it after graduating college. Um, funny enough, that aligned well with income. Um, when more income came in, I thought, hey, I can actually afford to try a few things. So, um, kind of like Taylor, started more into the bourbons, um, started picking those up, went on a few. Minor hunts where I didn't pick up anything terribly nice or expensive, but just some good starter things. I really enjoyed them Um, and then like he mentioned on uh, the night of my uh, The the eve of my wedding I should say when he got the the Isla Scotch the Ardbeg it too was harsh initially (laughs) um, But really still enjoyed it uh, after I got off the initial, you know, peaty uh, nose um, But then shortly thereafter, I was still really picking up bourbons a lot, but one day I just had a big urge to have some peaty scotch. I wanted the smoky stuff. And actually, I had also started watching the fantastic documentary, Scotch, A Golden Dream. just a phenomenal documentary. If you haven't seen it, it's on Amazon Prime, it's on Hulu. Um, And watched that and and learned a lot about the history and what makes a peaty scotch have its characteristics. And there began my scotch journey. And so, like Taylor said, he's definitely more into the scotches than I am. Or, or I should say, I significantly enjoy my scotches. But I also still really want to uh, explore into bourbons at the same time. So I, I try to balance it out as much as I can. Um, and, and But still, I really started picking up more scotches. And, and we have the same kind of taste. So the Islas are what I really focused on. So there's no telling how much has been spent in the very recent past, but um, yeah, we've, we've really been building out our collection. I, I'm not going to openly say, Taylor's giving me a look right now, I'm not going to openly say what I've spent. Uh, I have wised it up, and I've created an inventory list to keep track of it, and when I made it, my eyes about popped out of my head. Because and it I, cannot
0: be found on his home computer. Correct. <laughs> it is not
1: available on the home computer. Um, but, uh, but anyway, the point being, um, the That's kind of how my journey's gone we're both pretty young in our journeys overall but i feel like we've done a pretty good job of learning uh, expanding and uh, establishing tastes and opinions um pretty active in, in the communities and trying to learn and have conversations which is nice it doesn't limit you to your own palate and your own personal uh thoughts and tastes but you're able to really bring in other people's input as well so uh, yeah, that's,
2: that's kind of where I'm at. Too
0: much. <laughs> so I, I'm a little bit farther along in my cigar. Uh, I spent more time just puffing and uh, just taking nice deep breaths, uh, as he said. As I've got more iron lungs than a, a bandsman.
1: Well, we were interrupted for about half an hour by a call <laughs> from my wife, which I, I I held that conversation while Taylor puffed away. So that helps too. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I, I, I've finished my glass of the cigar ball and I would uh, say not a bad pair. I think I think definitely works really, really well. Sweetness from from both really, really sort of collides and very nice.
1: Well, while you've still got a little bit of cigar left. I need to pour a little bit of that wee beastie while we've got it. I'm gonna finish my.
2: Bit of my friend
1: <laughs> So, uh, yeah,
0: when we we'll move on uh, to the Ardbeg. Uh, so the Weed is the newest addition to the permanent uh, line that uh, Ardbeg does. Um, We've got the classic ten-year. We've got the Anoa, the Ubidale the Cory Vrecken and now the Wee Beastie. Uh, the big difference between the Wee Beastie and all the rest of them are the rest of them are 10-year-olds. Um, whereas the Beastie is only a 5-year-old. Uh, so it's a little bit generally speaking, it's not completely true, but generally speaking with Scotch or bourbon, you get a little bit more of the brazen, robust flavors from the younger Scotches. Uh, there are obviously a few things that will fall outside of that Japanese, Irish sort of stuff, but as a general rule, younger stuff usually is a little bit more, like I said, robust in your face, especially with the flavors. You don't get as much as mellowed out oak flavors that you would of, you know, yeah, like a label even, you know, truly one of the, the finest blended scotches out there, uh, but uh, I have as... Mr. Williamson here so eloquently pointed out uh, already punched a fair hole in this bottle uh, because I do very much like it. I didn't spend that much on it technically. Uh, I did get it from a company that charged a little bit heavier on shipping.
1: But considering Alabama does not have it down here yet, and we've had to go through some very big hoops. Unconventional hoops. To try to get the <laughs> things that we have. It's uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, acceptable. It's we'll, let for, it, we'll let it slide.
0: Uh, and, and yeah, we're, we're still in the, the process. Uh, the ABC stores down here are are easy to work with depending on who uh, you get to work with. Uh, sometimes their employees can be a little less than favorable or ignorant as we have experienced a couple of times. Uh, which yeah.
1: is a, a no fault of their own. Well And for those listeners who have state stores that you rely on, you definitely understand. You know, we don't want to talk terrible about state stores. Yeah. There's some benefits, certainly. Uh, price control is one of the things that I guess you can say is good.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: But we are limited as to what we can get, especially considering you can't ship into Alabama. You know, whenever we're shipping things, we have to find family and friends who can take delivery and uh, out of state and all that stuff. It's just a lot of hoops to jump through, but... Um, you know, occasionally you just kind of do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, you'll, you'll find we're definitely not ones who support overpaying for whiskeys that are hyped up. Yeah. We're, not, we're not into that. But the occasional splurge to a reasonable extent for something that, let's say, is stocked in the state of Washington, <laughs> but you live in Alabama. And you might can get it fifteen dollars cheaper in Washington than you can here. That does not justify <laughs> the uh, forty-eight hour round trip of a drive exactly. to you know to go get it. So you, you have to do an opportunity cost there. Um, but fortunately, we can, we've been able to find most things we've got at or near MSRP, which has been nice.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's very fair. fair. Um, uh, and it's it's kind of funny to go into a store and. I, I, I don't want to say I, I don't, you know, we've almost become sort of snobbish, but we, we've gotten to the point where we're knowledgeable enough to where we can be like, eh, I would normally, but I can just buy my time. Uh I, I'll, I can find somewhere else. Um, hopefully. You know, depending on what the expression is, you might not be able to find it. Maybe, maybe one of those things where you're not expecting to walk into the store and spend $300, uh, and then you do. You're like, hey, I'm just going in, I'm going to find myself a, a nice you know, 40 to 60 dollar bottle and
1: then yes like me I walked into a store yesterday to buy a, a holiday select bottle from 2013 of Jack Daniels I walk in expecting to drop the $80 for that bottle I walk out spending 350 because I, while I was in there you know, it's other stuff is there, and that, that tends to
2: be nice. Now,
1: something I'm noticing here after we, ju- we just poured our glasses of the Wee Beastie, <laughs> the color. When Taylor poured his glass, I thought he poured a glass of water. That is not to say that the Ardbeg is, is without character, aesthetically. It's just how dark the Dalmor was. Yeah. No, the Dalmor was just a really dark the bottle is clear if you get the cigar malt or the Dalmor and when you're looking at it, the the red of the whiskey almost matches the red of the label.
0: It it kind of looks like like if you were to mix apple juice and cranberry juice. It's not quite as dark as cranberry juice. But, but it it's got like the deep red sort of you know, red berry colours as you'd expect. Which yeah. makes sense since it's
1: and exactly. So so that was just, <laughs> that's the first thing I've noticed. Yeah, this is
0: this is somebody's racing on 280, right? two people are about to race on two eighty. I think that's some, some reference some show going. Yeah, that's But um, so yeah, this this is more I don't know, I don't really want to go to like a like a like a white wine it's not quite that
1: white but it's close yeah, it's, yeah it's you're absolutely close. right so if y'all the, the listeners if you'll recall the age on this is only five years this is an exceptionally young whiskey um, there are younger out there don't get me wrong but um, as far as Ardbeg offerings go this is, this is pretty young so uh, and, and Ardbeg does not use artificial coloring so you're getting the natural color of that alcohol and the youth in the wood um, and the nose is not super strong. No. It's not heavy peat like you would find in the others. And I, I took my first sip, and my impression is this is a wonderful introduction to Ardbeg. I, I think prior to wee Beastie, Anowa was the introductory Ardbeg. It was the mild Ardbeg, which after Taylor and I <laughs> had ours the night before my wedding. Wouldn't have believed you if you We told would not have that. believed you. It was, it was strong. But that was also the first peated Isla that we had had. So it was especially strong in that sense. But had we started with this, I think it would have been a much better introduction. Uh, as far as someone who, who was a virgin to eyelids, a virgin to the peat experience, um, this is a very easy drink. It's very yeah. easy to sip on. It doesn't burn. What was the proof <laughs> on this?
0: Uh, it is 47.4.
1: Okay. So the alcohol content's not too high. And you're not it's breaking 100 with this one. Yeah,
0: still under 100. Uh, now, that being said, the nose is going to be a little bit calmer uh, because, one, we're using the, the wide wide lip uh, elixir glasses, uh, and it's been open for about a week, so there has been a little bit of aeration already occurring. Uh, now, what I initially opened, um, I very much got uh, sort of like a tamed
1: Oogodale flavor. I can see that.
0: Uh, it, initially, like the the Ugedil really draws me into that. That's probably my favorite uh, big Is the Oogadil Uh, it's got like these very like spiced deli meat notes to it. Um, that I I I just, I just really get into you the know, smoked salami sort of stuff. Um, this one, it's got it's, like I said, it's, it's very soft and like uh, like you might have like a nice soft cheese near it. Biting into it or smelling it, 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 it counteracts that that maybe smell just a little bit. Um, but the finish is nice and smooth. Like like you said, it's it's still young. It's very mellow. Uh, it has it's not it's not so mellow because a lot of times older whiskeys. Yes, it's not
1: without character. Yeah,
0: yeah, a lot. Yeah, you know, like the tenure. The tenure gets mellowed out really quick because it's got tenure. Which, in terms of price, a 10-year scotch for the price that are does up for, you know, what I think is top-notch quality, I mean, it's a steal, more or less, uh, which is another reason it's just a loaf.
1: And after this one, I think we're going to try, we've, we've had it before, but we're going to go even heavier on the peat. Try that Berkladi, the 2011 Isla Barley Heavily Peated, which their PC10 offering is, is my favorite, and their 16 is what uh, we're going to be getting soon uh, when Eventually. when the U.S. finally takes delivery of, of our bottles uh, yeah. for this year's Faschile celebrations. Uh,
0: which we've been uh, waiting so patiently for that at this point. I think you see we I guess we technically won those bottles back in was it April? It's, I thought it was, thought like, it was March, March actually. Probably. I, I, I believe that. Because they like wanted the very to, end of March I believe. They, they they started doing the drawing for it, uh, without knowing, you know, what was gonna happen with COVID. Uh, so they were trying to make sure that you know they got everything figured out by the time uh, you know, Ardbeg Day which is usually the last Saturday or the first, the last Saturday in May or the first Saturday in June I don't remember exactly what it says I think it really just depends on how the festival lands um, but that's Ardbeg Day and so they wanted to have it released for that and it's been a torturous event to uh, get to watch all these people uh, get their bottles ready and uh, even finish them, some people which uh, I imagine since with that particular uh, Port Show at 16 from Brookladdick oh, I'm mixing up crap now um, uh, they only made 3,000 bottles and somehow uh, your twos truly uh, happened to snag one each in that uh,
1: yeah out of 3,000 we both managed <laughs> to get
0: in the world of 7 billion people probably
1: not that many scotch drinkers. Now granted, it seems that Bricolati is still um, not amongst the most popular scotch brands. I mean, the marketing isn't there, and they're still fairly young. I mean, the distillery itself is old, but when they were reborn, I mean, it's it's been two decades. It's, that's yeah, that's, that's about rough. it. It's a, yeah. it's a little more than that. Um, and so they've been rebuilding themselves, and they're just now even the black arts that they do they're 26 years old um, they're just now being able to come full circle with casking filling those casks and then modeling it from the the distillery since it has been yeah. reopened i mean it hadn't been long since i've been doing that
0: Raised the jim and yeah, and man did some fantastic things and if you don't know who we're talking about watch scotch gold green yeah they, they
1: follow <laughs> jim and um, and and Adam Hannett over there who's taken over since Jim left Adam's been doing a phenomenal job too. keeping up with with how they've developed their offerings and keeping the, the flavors uh, consistent they've done a fantastic job with that uh, and they keep growing I mean they, they keep putting out great offerings what's what's nice about Brook Lottie is almost every bottling they do is unique year by year all their isla barleys are are dated um so every year it's a different bottling and every year it's a slightly different combination of uh, those ingredients and as jim magnificently puts it in the documentary is when when you're having a bottle of whiskey you're tasting history You're, you're tasting all of the different elements that go into it beyond just mixing ingredients together but you're tasting people the weather yes it, you've got all of that coming in you know the, the casks made of that wood you've got 100 years of history uh, of weather and things such as that that goes into creating that you know the wood and the same with the barley and the grains and the, the peat uh, while they do try to keep it consistent there's no two barrels alike and so there's no two bottles exactly alike and while 99 percent of us would never be able to tell two bottles apart in that way it's still neat knowing that you're drinking that but that that's what's happening
0: and i'm i'm uh i don't want to say excited but uh i have my mind set on. i'm very much curious to see if there will be any drastic changes to any any whiskey, whether it's scotch or bourbon uh after you know, the events of like so much, uh, you know, they, they did their best to try and keep stuff still rolling, but you know, it, you know, it, it turned to skeleton crews and a lot of distilleries as opposed to like the very, you know, flushed out sort of things. So, and you know, even that may create a small difference.
1: You know, you know the interesting thing with whiskey, though, is we're not going to see the effects of this for another five to thirty years, yeah. on a typical average. <laughs> so, in so, folks, mark this. <laughs> five ten years there's going to be coronavirus cask bottles yeah. snag them up <laughs>
0: but that's like um what was that distillery you got hit by like a, like a hurricane or something like
1: that well you have the e-h taylor they did the to- uh, warehouse c tornado surviving bottle that's what it was. That's what it was. and uh that was a that's become a very sought after bottle in the secondary market uh, it was when it initially came out and we just it, it was nice to see that, that the distillery took a disaster and was able to not only bounce back from it, but then kind of commemorate it, turn it into a, a special offering. Um, you know, They were able to, to survive that and, and excel from it. And I think that that alone speaks to the power of, of these distilleries and what they accomplish day to day, their creativity and what they're able to, to create. Um, it's just phenomenal to see the, the flexibility that they had and the, again, the creativity they've got
2: as we're sitting
0: out here on my back patio, smoking cigars, sipping whiskey, talking into our uh, my, my mic here. Um, uh, I I I jump forward in my mind to when I when I have a house where we can just do this. Without, you now yeah, it should, it should just, be, just be a space, maybe space specifically devoted to it, a smoking shack or something. I
1: like it. You know, so, what I'm thinking about doing is getting one of those pre made buildings now that, yeah. from Home Depot or something and finishing the inside, you know, and turning it into uh, like a pub. Yeah. Like just a whiskey pub. And I think we,
0: we, we saw some posts of guys oh, who do that.
1: beautiful work!
0: Fantastic. They, they went above and beyond the, to find all these very, very special, um, like advertising sort of things, custom projects even, and just furnish this entire little like yeah like hut like that in the back of their yard. Oh, that yeah, set a fire many, many a wheel of creativity for me, especially. Absolutely. And yeah, you can regulate it, make it. You Know, what place where you can smoke in there uh, if you want to, but also have maybe an area if you want to not do it, you know, enjoy the, the night air like we somehow are able to do it tonight. It's not. Um, yeah, with
1: all the rain we've been having, this is kind of a modern, rare yeah, thing. this
0: is, this is weird um, how tame it is outside right
1: now. Yeah, you could take one of those and maybe build a lean-to off the back. And uh, you have like a smoking area out back, maybe screen it in. Yeah. Protect it from some of the elements, but still have the open air. Then inside you have shelving along the walls, maybe a little bar, and
0: I've seen a couple of them that come with like front porches
1: now. Yeah, yeah, so you can just use the front porch. <laughs> You've got the front porch, they have windows, they have doors. Just throw up some drywall in there. Yeah. Yeah, insulated Insulate drywall. There, yeah. It, teenager, paint.
0: Put some sort of air conditioning unit. I mean, air conditioning totally yeah, We
1: live in deep. Alabama, so you're going to have to. It's a requirement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, not, you, Mike could even um, put a fireplace in there, you know, or like a wood stove, run are. the exhaust through the roof. So, and, so
0: that way, they, you know, you're warm on the inside and you out. Know, especially when you cold in It keeps it authentic, right? It keeps it authentic. Got to have
1: a true wood-burning stove.
0: Wood get okay. get us some peat shipped over
1: and yeah, I, I would I would say that's that's one of the things I like about it is the is the authentic experience with with whiskey and, and even cigars and that so gotta complete that that experience that
2: there. Entire, entire pizza. <laughs> well, well, I think my cigar is
1: dead. I'd say you're running up on the end of it. I got a little life left, but not much here. I'm,
0: I'm right here at the end. There's a little bit of. still to be burned, but I'm running up on the label. This is a fantastic condenser mic. Quick shout out to Focusrite for a fantastic product. Um, they're the ones that provided this stellar um, audio interface and the mic and most of the cables. I don't need to shout out to Apple. they get enough. Uh, <laughs> high five if they want every other part of life. So yeah, that's what we're running off tech-wise right now. We'll, from what I've sort of understood and all of my research, you know, unless you're making a living from it, you don't really have to get into any of the expensive programs and software stuff like that. You can just I mean, we're using GarageBand right yeah. now, um, and I can go in and adjust the sound post if I need to. Uh, I hope I don't delete anything on accident because that's as easy as hitting the backspace button. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to have a ton of stuff, ton of really expensive stuff to do it. Um, I bought a nice little mic stand earlier today. Uh, that's working fantastic. It's a lot better than the you know, performance boom stand that I was using at my desk when I was
2: testing.
0: Oh, that's good. Can't
1: deny it. Oh, it's good. I see why you've knocked out. Export. Now, near are in half a bottle at this point. <laughs> but I'll take partial blame for that one now.
0: Uh, well, hopefully by, by the time this uh, this podcast gets kicked out, uh, we're you know, posting good, produced sort of stuff. Um, hopefully ABC stars around here will be able to carry it, especially with it being a standard expression from Art Um I'm coming for you, ABC store. Oh yeah. Uh, we know you can get it, uh, and uh, you're going to feed my hunger.
1: Well, maybe we can get them to listen to us a little bit, even us, just us alone. You know, we little side note story here is uh, some of you may know of the Octomore from Bricklotti. Phenomenal bottle, um, a little more expensive, but uh, one of the heaviest peated whiskeys in the world. Um, Possibly disputed by some people, but uh, from our experience, <laughs> they, yeah. <laughs> From our experience, they do they do quite a good job. Um, but unfortunately, here in the states alone, it's difficult to get one. Much less in Alabama. But a little finagling, little talking with the local ABC manager, we were able to get three bottles. Was it three bottles three ordered jobs. in? Uh, Octomore six point one. Octomore six point one. Yep. And uh, funny enough, we purchased all three. Um, like immediately. So, <laughs> what what hopefully we can get them to understand is that if they order, if it if it's in the store, it will be bought and most likely by us. Yeah, uh, appears to be the trend. Um, so maybe we can make that happen.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess one 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 downside to that is uh, the Octimore six point one is one that you know they they get it enough that it's in their computer system. It's just they don't. I, they don't get a lot of requests for it yeah. um, because it is yeah, definitely a more specialized niche sort of group of uh, the Scotch community especially if you go that heavily peat some people, you know, they like peat uh, but uh, the octomore is, is in your face peat it's a, a giant neon sign on the wall amount of peat um, so um, I can understand yeah their apprehension at getting too much but uh, crazy is, like I was saying, the, the 6.1 is the most common one to find. Uh, they have a 6.1, 6.2, and a 6.3, I believe. And that's just the six-year series. Right. Uh, they also have an 8 and a 10, and I think the 9 as well. I don't think we've ever seen a 7. I might have. But some of their expressions are uh, unpeated, I found out. I think the 9 is unpeated
1: yeah they do one that's unpeated yeah, they do one like a, with like a Scottish barley then like an Isla barley one more and I don't I don't remember and,
0: but they, they come in all these very very cool progressive sort of uh, bottlings um, the 6.1 comes in, in like a painted black bottle which is very there.
1: difficult let me just say <laughs> because if you've ever neared the end of a bottle you have that gut wrenching moment where you know that this drink is going to be your last yeah. unfortunately with the Octomore you don't know yeah. Yeah. you can't it's, tell it, when you hit the end of it then it's just a severe level of disappointment
0: yeah and which as, as Cage uh, alluded to a second ago they, they're they're a little bit pricey um, you're looking between 150 and 200 depending on you know, where you're getting it from possibly
1: higher depending on the, the release there were some special release ones that are pushing up there
0: Yeah, yeah which you know depending on your taste you can say understandably so um I I personally feel that way um it's it's a very awesome bottle I am uh, doing my very best I actually put mine back in the tin so that I uh, I wouldn't see the bottle uh, so I wouldn't drink out of it as much it's um it's one of the handful in my my shelf collection because I've got like a closet collection that I don't look at or touch um that um Yeah, you, just, you just don't want to you just don't want to run through them I, I keep them out there it's a special occasion drink. it's like okay cool <clears throat> or maybe you have like a really good or super bad day at work you, you, you go to the good stuff because you, you want you want the work done um and that optimal does um so you, you know, life pretty much like that uh, a lot of their nicer expressions it's like yeah you don't really want to run through them especially because of how hard it is to find them you down. um Okay. Now, what, what, what we, we, we You got like, lucky up in like, Huntsville area, right, with a couple
1: of like, the uh, 2009, 2010,
0: 2011 ones. Oh, that was uh, Nashville. But
1: that was Nashville. Yeah, okay. yeah. We the, the initial one, again, shout out to Elixir Spirits. Uh, they still one of the best Scotch selections I can find fairly locally, but uh, that's where I have had my first run in with Brooklady, and I picked up the 2011 Isle of Barley. I went back and picked up the heavily peated 2011 Isla Barley and then the Port Charlotte Tenure, And then on a return trip to Midtown up there in Nashville, that's where I found the 2009 Isle of Barley and the 2012 heavily peated Isle of Barley. Uh, and then the same day, we picked up the um, Classic Lottie.
0: Classic Lottie, yeah. Which I found we, we actually kind of paid for those, but I don't mind because we've never seen
1: it. Well, yeah, it goes back to Point of opportunity, opportunity costs. Cost, yeah.
0: I had never seen one before you like never see
1: one yeah. being so foreign to our area when you do see it you jump on, you jump on it unless it's just obscenely overpriced yeah. but in this case they were mildly overpriced if you consider ordering directly from Brooklotty and spending retail but then factoring in VAT and, uh, and shipping costs and all that you're still coming out on the good end
0: yeah, yeah. and uh that was a awesome little shop, too. That was, uh, it was Brinkman's,
1: right? Brinkman's, yeah. Yeah, yeah Brinkman's, he uh, he just opened that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Had a really good selection already, and his shop was still pretty empty. He was still building it up, but he, he really did a good job of beginning his selection, so I look forward to visiting again soon. Uh, yeah, that
0: was... Uh it was crazy we went completely off recommendation of a guy at Midtown's who uh, from what our understanding of Brinkman's was is he had a liquor store he closed it up because he saw an opportunity in the rise of CBD in Nashville area
1: I think that was right uh,
0: and then that went under uh, so he went back to what he knew uh, and you know jumped right back into it very very well uh, I want to say he said that he was like the regional representative for Bocardi for several years. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he, he's he's got a foot in uh, in the market already. So good for him. Um, and yeah, I I would definitely make a point um, to drop by and check that place out every time I drive by, it, if I can. Um, which as of right now, I've got decent reason to. My family lives up in the
1: Nashville area. Right? And for me, it's it's not that bad of a drive. It's, it's an good. easy afternoon stroll up there and um, the rotating stock up there makes it worthwhile trip most every time. What what I've found recently, what's unfortunate, is I'll make a trip up there, come back home the next day, they get a shipment in and I'm like, all right, it's time to go back. Yeah, it's uh,
0: miles <laughs> on the car. There. So so I
1: think the the idea now is I just need to move there. Um, that's really what I got <laughs>
0: Well, I think more so me right now, but I've um, got my significant other's career to mm-hmm. consider. If she didn't have her nice paying job, I and mean, she wasn't settled and still going through the it, you can bet your sweet took us, I'd be, I'd be in my car <laughs> up there already. Right? I'd, be, I'd be shopping out houses. Um, I was trying to convince her. I don't know if I told you this. Um, when we were coming back from Nashville to see my parents, Uh, We stopped in Spring Hill for food. And I gave her like this sweet little, just like quick, candid tour of Spring Hill, trying to make the city grow on her. And then we went to a McDonald's that completely ruined her experience. (laughs) uh, Because they were, she's, she does fast food management and and they did not wow her at all. So it destroyed uh, some chances of that. but, yeah, whatever. You so. Well,
1: the problem was trusting McDonald's to make a good impression.
0: I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. She, you know, we, we, were, uh, we were driving through there and we needed a little bit of food. And um, she did not feel like Taco Bell. Taco I understood. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> right there on the road, like the two big, you know, more or less consistent options that were there were Taco Bell and McDonald's. And we, we chose McDonald's just because Taco Bell was you know, too close to heart. Uh, so uh, and it wasn't the right wasn't the
2: right move but we learned from it uh, and uh, with any luck we'll be I'll, I'll be able to convince her so. but in the meantime
1: we're going to rely on our local stores to listen to us hopefully yeah uh, and uh, we'll rely on our chances to make little trips so keep us in your thoughts as we uh <laughs> Run down tomorrow. Run down to the Florida area. Let's see what we might can find down there.
0: Yeah, we're okay. We're gonna try and do our best to hitch a couple spots on the way up. We don't wanna. We don't. We both want to and don't want to find anything incredibly awesome because our pocketbooks are screaming at the last six to eight months.
1: Yeah, we've we've definitely been on a on a rampage. Fortunately, both of us have been in financial positions where we've been able to. Indulge. <laughs> Indulge a little bit. But we're also responsible enough to realize when you need to slow down. But as I've been telling myself, I think really just to make it feel better, is that despite not hunting, if something falls in your lap at the right time for the right price, that sometimes you just can't say no. You you have to say It's here, it's in front of me, it's for the taking. It would be stupid to leave it. And that gets you, because like a couple days ago showed, that leads to a $300 investment out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, it
2: can be a slippery slope.
0: I guess, I guess one thing uh, well two things two agenda items we can try and nail down is um, probably the easier of the two in my opinion uh, what are some things that we definitely want to like, talk about maybe on a recurring basis uh, I know if we can uh, it's, it's, it's good and fun to just sit and record for X amount of time uh, or we just hang out you know best friends just Shoot the shit on the on the back porch, uh, but uh, if we do intend to put a like a listening like an audience in uh, direction to some degree would help.
1: Yeah, I would say that at minimum, uh, each episode we'll try to do a different bottle. You know, we we may drink glasses of a few different expressions in one sitting, but we'll try to highlight one expression. City. the big the, big, yeah,
0: the uh, uh, headliner kind of the, yeah the headliner, the headliner and of
1: un- unfortunately due to our deferring geographic locations <laughs> uh, we may not both be able to indulge in the same one at the same time um, it's just too difficult to give each other samples and transport them and all that yeah. all at once you know it would it, be a big ordeal to do that but one of us could kind of highlight the, the the drink for that episode. Um, the other might could ask some questions or kind of drive that conversation a little bit. Uh, so I'd say that we could at least one headliner at have that. each I that. each
0: episode. Um, and I was thinking about it, uh, the Three Drinkers, which is one of my favorite Amazon uh, Prime TV shows. They've also got a podcast um, that they were somehow able to continue on through COVID. Um, and what it involved was. Mind you, they're very much more so affluent European uh, people who are more or less TV shows and aficionados in the liquor industry. Um, But uh, they would go and they were buying, like one person would be in charge of each podcast, and they would buy one bottle for each of them and have the other nailed to the other two's house. Uh, Now that's obviously, as we've said before, Not not possible, plausible here. Um, but uh, that's sort of the thing where, you know, one person sort of uh, takes the lead, where they, they, were, they, were, they were going sort of over you know, the hill and through the woods to make sure that uh, each of them had the same bottle to go off of course. Uh, I think definitely each, if, if, each, if each, each of us had a, like a headliner that we focused on, you know, maybe if we wanted to do a little bit of research and so we could come with a little bit of presentation on it, uh, if we're only able to both try it, then, yeah, you know, fantastic.
1: Be nice if um, obviously you're a little limited. You don't get anything unique, but like sampler bottles. Yeah. Be um, kind of neat to do. Maybe do the occasional sampling, like where we each really try to have one, but maybe do like an unmarked sampler and give it to the other person, where one person knows what it is and okay. the other person does not. And it's not so much a guessing game, but it's just like you open it, you try it, give your impressions, and then the notes. other kind of discusses like what it is, and you say, okay, well, yeah, I definitely pick that up, and that might help alleviate any preconception as to your like an opinion already formed about it. So, yeah. say I I'm doing the headliner one week, and I pour you an unmarked sample uh, of a, of a peated scotch and give it to you. Uh, or uh, you get really funny with it, I, I give you a peated whiskey, get your impressions, and I may say, oh, this is actually the new peated expression from New Riff or something. Yeah. And you're like, wow, what that? there's no way. And, and that might be an interesting experiment to do. Yeah. You know, a good conversation piece, I think.
0: And, and that would also help, I think, maybe allow us to explore and sort of educate ourselves as we go along because, you know, you may get all these different flavors and notes and stuff like that from you yeah, you're tasting or, you know, you're doing it blind, like we were saying. Um, and then we can go, it's like, all right, well, the reason why you're getting that flavor is because of this part of the, you know, like, distillation process. Or um, if, you know, yeah, yeah, obviously some some distilleries have, like, these trademark things that they do about themselves, uh, where, you know, we almost feel like a game, uh, to some degree. But yeah, no, I, I like that. the uh, headliner with a guessing game, you broke the industry. Um, and we all got it on record now. Um uh another thing, yeah, uh yeah, yeah. It's it's not quite like you said, it's not plausible to make it that we got you know that if only off chance we are able to find uh a bottle or two for you know, we each find a bottle, maybe you know, happenstance or it happens that we where I find one, you like know, I just watched them across one, and you know, we're both in a position to get it, uh, then we might be able to, to some degree, compare, like, the different bottles we've got see if there's any difference between how everything's going about. I um, you know I'm super excited to do uh, our PC-16. Uh, I think that will uh, definitely need to be it's one we, be a we pay video. attention to, we yeah, uh, really sort of you know, delve deeper into it because it is is—it's so exclusive, uh, very special, and I'm going to have a hard time, I imagine, just based off of recommendations and uh, notes from other people online, uh, trying not to finish that at all because it sounds like the sort of stuff that I'm into, um, but, uh, yeah, it's one of those things, you have know, to finish it, it's done. You keep a bottle competitively, but...
1: Yeah, and unfortunately with, with us, or I'm really speaking for myself, but I, I feel like to an extent you're the same way, is we really enjoy the unique offerings because you deviate a little bit away from the regular stuff. We like the recurring things, but it's always an adventure trying some of the special offerings. The downside of that is you fall in love with one. You may not ever see it again. Yeah. Um, and, and as listeners will know, bottle aging is a real thing. Uh, once you open it, not saying it's gonna go bad in six months. Some people open bottles and they last decades before they're undrinkable. It just depends on the climate you, and, and the situation in which you keep the bottle. But point being, the flavor changes over time, and it's like real estate. There's only so much of it. If it gets used up. It's gone. Yeah, you're done. You know, this you it's, it's not a recurring works. resource. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. For me, it's going to be hard to even open the PC16 because I'm I'm so excited to drink it. But knowing that, uh, for for those who don't know, it's all there's only three thousand bottles that were made, and okay. already they're going for obscene prices online because it was so limited. Yeah, we, so we
0: paid like, close to I think the bottle itself. We, was we
1: the bottle itself, I, I believe it was like one maybe one fifty. I think okay. it was less than that. Yeah. But of course, then you, we factored in all the additional costs of getting it to the U.S. It came out to about 275 I think, yeah. when it was all said and done, which is, you know, a bit high for a bottle. It's by far the most expensive i bought when you factor in all the costs, but considering the, the special nature of which it was created, uh, made it a little more unique and, I think, a good expenditure.
0: And one of our, one of our favorite distillers, too, so, yeah. All, all just another reason to, to be okay with it. And again, yeah, you know, like we se saying, you know, opportunity costs. It, it, it was, it was a, you know, a chance in $7 billion that we'd we get uh, an opportunity to even get it. And I was super psyched because I think I, I got my ballot saying I've got yeah, one You got the three.
1: initial ballot. Yeah. and um, Yes, yeah, so there were three days of which drawings were held. Unfortunately, I did not get picked on any of those three days. But uh, the handful of people that didn't um, commit to purchasing their bottle, there was a, a fourth drawing for the remaining ballot positions, and I, I got one of those. So, yeah, we somehow we both managed to get a hold of it.
0: Somehow somehow, it definitely a lot of there, because you, know, you just got to the odds of it. And I, and I, I think that that was definitely just like a, definitely a stroke of good luck, you know, favor from you know, just the universe around us of being like, all right, these guys are showing enough gun home, so let, let's give them something to, to help them pave their ways, but yeah. you know, I don't, don't
2: want to 2 on
1: old When I mentioned that several of them have popped up online for obscene prices, you always have the people buying just to flip the bottles, right? They're buying just for the purpose of making money off of them. And I think it's a shame that special bottles like that go to that purpose, you know? I, I don't want to shame anybody for doing that. I mean, there's people that make livings off of doing that. And, I don't, again, I don't want to shame it, but a portion does need to go to those who are going to enjoy it and savor it. And I think that us as examples of people who are going to take it, we're going to drink it, we're going to talk about it, we're going to break it apart, we're going to review it, uh, we're going to really experience it how it needs to be experienced, and then we're going to take that experience and share it with people who don't get to. And I think that's really important. So it's good that we were able to get a hold of that. Um, so, you know, we can really treat it like it needs to be treated.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Really. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it is sort of a shame that yeah some people, yeah, they, 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 rec- they recognize, you know, to, to, to their, their own you know, respect, they recognize how lucrative the, the industry can be if you work it just right.
1: Absolutely, wow. Buffalo Trace is experiencing that <laughs> right now, Where everything they put out is liquid gold. Yeah, especially with the other more exclusive stuff. So.
2: <laughs> okay,
0: so, yeah, so we're sort of figuring out, yeah, we're going to do reviews and stuff like that of uh, some of the nicer stuff that we find, just, just you know, stuff that makes recurring uh, appearances on our on our shelves. Um, I imagine, uh, at one point in time, we, we, we've done them several times already, but uh, a full Bag flight uh, of the stuff that we are comfortable opening. Uh, I imagine we'll probably do one of those uh, eventually. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we will, will, will find an opportunity to compare, mm-hmm. you know, something like they have repeated expressions. Uh, I have a Porsche that's got their an
1: entire line yeah they have expression. all these different years and such i think now right now i hold about 10 Lottie's yeah, so we can do a flight of those and then the Ardbegs. you know in, including the black i'm picking up tomorrow uh yeah. probably pushing close to 10 on those as well yeah uh, so definitely have a good line
0: and then um you yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about our experiences uh I i'm still gonna I, I i don't know we we uh I I won't speak for you, but I, I very very much enjoy the just sitting, and decompressing, just not really wasting an evening. It, it definitely doesn't feel like wasting. Oh, no, it's definitely not it's a like, waste of an evening. Like like just like time flies and, and you feel and You know, I don't know exactly how long this says supposed we're to we're be. We're pushing like two hours, I think. <laughs> <on this side. laughs>
1: uh,
0: but that's okay. And so uh, yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. Beats in time, an hour and forty-eight minutes and fifty-four
1: seconds. Mm. Same. Take up a start. We'll have to keep a timer next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're learning, um, but um, yeah, sort of, you know, keep keep something that's manageable. Um, I know one of my favorite podcasts to listen to outside of Three Drinkers is Spirit Guide Society. Most of their episodes run between thirty minutes and maybe just over an hour close to 70 minutes. maybe so, between 30 to 70 minutes, I think it's safe. And if we need to, we can do multiple.
1: Uh, yeah, part. We can do it part one, part two, yeah, if yeah. we need to.
0: Yeah, that, that way you can break it up. Make it a little bit more palatable at the end of the night for anybody. Yeah, they, they don't have to set aside an entire... Because yeah, the,
1: the reality is most people aren't going to listen to a two-hour podcast. Two young guys yeah I'd should. say like a half hour for the commute to work or from work, probably yeah. from work.
0: And for you, know, uh, if and when we ever get big-ish, you know, if somebody decides they want to uh, binge us on like a cross-country drive, then I mean, that'd be cool, you know, from a you know an achievement standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, bless their heart for wanting to listen to us for that long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I I think I think finding some way to settle in some time, yeah, we could cut off you know, about 15, 20 minutes for. Uh, husbandly duties uh, out of this,
2: this <laughs>
0: and then, and then uh, I guess the one the other thing definitely I'd like to talk about uh, is the name uh, and now I um, just you know for the sake of production put in um, PPM a podcast uh, a whiskey podcast specifically um, PPM being you know Parts per million, which is usually how you measure peat uh, in a liquor, uh, and so yeah, that, you know, catchy. It's you know a play off of uh, like an industry relevant like slang you know, jargon, if you will. Um, but I'm not the only person making this podcast. Uh, it definitely has to be a two man thing. You know? uh, I think yeah, you know, we 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 both got a lot of um, ideas. Uh, and we I think we just gotta find a way to
1: yeah we'll just we'll brainstorm we'll figure out what, what think works best <laughs> we, we,
0: we've got at least eight hours of car ride ahead of us oh yeah so we've got tons of time to talk about god knows what and everything um, well
1: you know we'll just let it come to us yeah, yeah maybe season two when we, when we maybe like 20 episodes in when we say no this is it this clicks but that's okay yeah that's fine
0: it's, it's easy to go back in and rename it all the episodes it's yeah oh yeah we can do that it's just, just some right click right um but yeah um uh, so I mean let's, let's just like name off just a couple like, at least maybe a handful of ideas obviously PPM's on there um I know in my tester video I did to test the recording capabilities um I was trying to think of like if PPM was going to be like an acronym for something um but, you know, the, the recurrence of the, the letter P makes it a little difficult. And in the fact, there's only three letters, and you know, 66% of those letters are P. Um, didn't do me a lot of justice. And, you know, I was about three or four drams in, so <laughs> <they're>, uh, <laughs> the world around me was not forgiving. Um, but let me see. What did I say in the video? I was thinking it was uh, pours, peats, and malts or some crap like that. I don't know. It it it, it, it I, I feel like it doesn't allow for as much of the bourbon side of what we'll definitely do. Um, but again, like I said, I'm a selfish Scotch drinker, so um, and that you know that's one thing we'll, we'll run on. Um, obviously, there's the more or less cliche, you know, Rick and Bubba has their whole thing. Yeah, I, I don't think Cage and Taylor run, rolls off the the lips quite as well, um, but uh, yeah, any sort of playoff of our names also sort of a possibility. Um, we do have an Instagram page called The Bourbon and Bourbon. Obviously, that on the opposite sides of PBM conflicts with our, our accepting diversity, uh, which uh, right now we're very much more bourbon and scotch guys, uh, obviously there's Indian whiskeys um, there's stuff that doesn't qualify as either bourbon or scotch. Uh, there's Irish whiskeys, Japanese whiskeys. Yep. Uh, I think I've had more Japanese whiskey than you have.
1: Probably um, so. I've, I've really just had the Nika from the barrel. That's, that's yeah. pretty much my foray, just yeah, Japanese whiskey.
0: I've had Sensei Nika, the, one of the stuff with the, uh, an H that I had. A Biki, probably. Uh, yeah, Biki, yeah. Um, see. We, we got the knowledge here. Um, so, but yeah, there's there's yeah, a whole bunch of different ways we can go with it. Um, we'll see if we end up having to rebrand any for our Instagram page, uh, which, like I said, not necessarily uh, have to
2: um. figure it
0: out
1: well now that I'm nearing the end of my cigar we'll probably start wrapping it up with episode one yeah that would, kickoff
0: be, be fun to go in and edit all this I guess I'm gonna have to cut out a big conversation I can't wait to learn how to insert elevator music
1: um, <laughs> we'll do some jazz. jazz we'll insert some jazz. saxophone we have a native saxophonist here and, in our midst so we might incorporate a little bit of music into some episodes too we might do some live playing and Talking with that as well. Hey, that's not That'd bad. Be good.
0: Hey there. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. We could do that. Uh, I could. Obviously, I've got the recording equipment now. If I wanted to record clips, something like that, I could splice that stuff in. Just um, be uh, another learning experience. Uh, a a broadening experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, our skill set. Um, with any luck, um, down the road we might also turn this partially into this level of a YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, the be uh, cool. I think if we can get a nice setting, yeah, if we can build like one of those nice rooms we're talking about, then exactly. we could actually set up and yeah do some visuals with it. There's, the, I well.
0: have have yeah, more or less like a not really a stage, but like okay. a yeah like a like a, a set scene. Where mm-hmm. uh, I always think whenever I think about well, like YouTube channel set like that, I think of like Retin Link. Uh, Good mythical morning stuff. Yeah, yep. they they sit at the same more or less the you know, the same table in the corner of their recording studio for like six years. Exactly. Um, it's it's you know, very iconic. It's always there in the same spot. Mind like, you, they've got a 20,000 square foot building that they're working with. Yep. So they've got a slight financial advantage over us. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's something to think about. And about how I'm going to whoop my cat's ass when I get inside because <laughs> uh, she's up on the table and fucking with the bug she's probably my fault that it's in there
1: probably so I guess we'll get ready to sign off Yeah. we don't have a catchy sign off phrase yet we'll not get yet, there not yet. I was just
0: thinking about that I was like man we got to
1: a but for the time being, we're the Cage and Taylor, yeah. founders of the Brothers in Bourbon and PPM currently, yeah. could good change. Yeah. Um, so I guess for now, we can say, Slante, cheers, yeah. and we'll close it out. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> always. <laughs>